Masha, welcome to SNF. Welcome, welcome tonight. Tell us about yourself. Tell us about your background, about newsflash on TikTok, about have some style, and about Dharmakota. Just tell us all about you. I'm just going to let my husband on his conference call <laughs> exit stage right. Uh, well, thank you so much for having me, Talia. It's a real pleasure to speak with you. Um, and yeah, so where do I even begin uh, on what my journey that kind of brought me, that brought you and I together, which is through the power of TikTok, right? Um, I'm a veteran fashion journalist. I grew up in Toronto. My mother... We hear now this whole like Nepo baby catchphrase. Um, yeah. But I'm really proud of the fact that um, my family has been in fashion for generations. I'm actually, I would now be the third generation um, that's been working in the industry in some capacity. So my grandmother was a seamstress and at a fabric store. My mom was wow. a um, incredible sewing prodigy from a young age and started a fashion brand and uh, had stores and employed a lot of people throughout the 80s and 90s and 2000s. And then I immersed in the fabric and the business side of the industry, um, carved my own path, kind of following the media and the journalism landscape from a very young age. I was obsessed with consuming as much fashion content as I could. And, you know, this was before social media. So it was really through television and movies and magazines and the daily fashion newspapers that my dad would bring home every day because he also worked alongside my mother. So from there, I interned, um, you know, in the same era and moment when shows like um, The Hills were really popular and this idea of, you know, the 2000s intern who would lead this like somehow very glamorous life but like not get paid um definitely started my career out in that capacity and then became a fashion news journalist at a magazine called flair in canada i moved to new york where i worked for women's wear daily which is kind of like the industry bible mm -hmm. that i grew up reading um and a few years ago yeah and a few years ago i left um you know because you you work in the industry as well that women's wear daily is how people of all walks and different sides of the industry from, you know, an athletic brand to haute couture. They're all reading women's wear daily every day. Um, and I had an amazing experience there. And a few years ago, I wanted to just be more independent. So I went freelance, launched a fashion brand with my mother and my sister called Thermacota, which is a sustainable made to order outerwear and homeware concept focused primarily on beautiful reversible shearling and today I write for publications like Vogue, Vogue Scandinavia, Financial Times and I do radio and podcasting for media outlets like Monocle and NPR and CBC and it's just all these I have all these tentacles of my career and somehow this summer uh, I realized that something was missing um, for me and for what I felt like an audience, which is I'm loving consuming content on TikTok and I'm seeing all these, uh, fashion kind of pundits pop up with really hot takes and lots of opinions. But I was like, 
where is the type of knowledge that I like to consume daily from all these different outlets and that I'm contributing to in my work as a journalist? Where is that on TikTok um, informing the next generation about the industry and where it's going uh, from a news standpoint? So that's when this idea of news fash was born and it kind of took off right from the jump. I changed my name on TikTok to news fash, like news flash. And the rest is kind of history. It started to grow really quickly, especially wow. with fashion weeks and runway reports. And, you know, my inspiration for it is really, it's a combination of my favorite people who cover news and culture. So it's like John Oliver, you know, it's very topical, but he also has the humor. Chelsea Handler, Jeannie Becker, who was the host of fashion television where I interned and also sports commentators. Like, you know how people will watch sports games and you're getting like the play-by-plays and yeah. the insider baseball I think that us fashion lovers want that as well so yeah. I'm trying to provide that kind of service that's both very serious but also tongue-in-cheek kind of finding that balance I haven't seen anyone do what you do on TikTok I don't think there's any thank other. you I think news fash is just kind of so unique in that and it's refreshing. It's really refreshing. And you get it right from the jump to news flash. It's a news flash, you know, and it's yes, so refreshing to see that. I think it's just a breath of fresh air um, on your For You page. So um, thank you so much for introducing yourself. You have an incredible um, a background. And I think it's so cool with um, Thermakota. So could you tell us a little bit more about um, your Shearling um, brand? Yes. So my mother's company, her name's Linda Lundstrom and her brand was called Lundstrom. Um, and it was really an extension of our family's Scandinavian roots. My mother is Swedish and Icelandic and she had this signature product that was very popular in the eighties and the nineties called the La Parka. And mm -hmm. it was a parka that was based on a traditional design of the people of Lapland, which is the part of really Northern Sweden and Finland, where they meet the indigenous Sami people of that region, of which where her family is from, wore and needed to wear this beautiful warm parka. And uh, so she created an updated version of that in a whole bunch of colors. And it was a very glamorous essential. And uh, after she had sold her company and done a bunch of other things, and she has like so many honorary PhDs and is a very noted person in Canada and public speaker and very inspiring woman. Um, but I said to her one day, I was like, mom, I'm going to all these fashion weeks around the world for work. And I've realized I'm putting all this emphasis on my fashion week looks and all my outfits. But really all that matters at the end of the day is my coat and my shoes. Right. Um, yeah, this is kind of a little fun fact, like fashion editors and true fashion people, like they're not very obsessed with handbags the way that people uh, you might think they would be or people on TikTok are. It's really all about your your coat and your shoes. Like that's a sign of a true fashion person. Like the chicest thing is to like, you know, just carry a phone and have all your essentials in your car with your driver, you know? <laughs> um, so I realized, oh my gosh, I don't need to worry about all this other stuff. I just need great coats. And the person that I know that makes the greatest coats that are really warm, but also glamorous. And this thing my mom used to always do, which was 
reversible coats or coats that were like two in one and you could zip something off. I need that. So I was like, mom, I need you to help start making me coats for fashion week because I don't have the budget to get a new coat for every day. Um, and yours are my favorite. So we started doing that together. And uh, I had my picture taken one day at London Fashion Week, traipsing through some typical British wet weather. And it made the New York Times. And, um, and then I had another photo taken of me going to a Ralph Lauren show in a blizzard wearing another coat that was a vintage piece of my mother's that she had kind of customized for me. And I had my photo taken again, and it was in the New York Times in a story all about, um, you know, dressing for crazy weather and why fashion editors Must love the coats. <laughs> yeah. I think... For it to be on in the New York Times. Wow. Okay. Well, like nothing was going to stand in the way of me getting to these fashion shows <laughs> and doing my job. But like, because I grew up in Canada and have this Scandinavian yeah. background, there's always this sense of like pragmatism to my style and my approach where, you know, you have to dress appropriately for the weather. Um, but still you want to feel like yourself and you want to rise to the occasion and coats are such a great way to do that. And you're not taking your coat off at a lot of these things, you know, like it's the first and the last impression. Yes. I get bored so easily with my coats. And I think a lot of people here in Boston do as well. Um, I wouldn't say similar weather <laughs> to where you're from. Definitely a little bit warmer. Yeah. It's, it's very important. And also I think part of the reason that we get bored is because sometimes there's a lot of coats on the market that they're just about uh, function. And then there's beautiful coats that are all about the fashion, but like trying to find something that's both is what we were um, endeavoring to do with Thermacota because also there's a lot of occasions. And I, this was another thing I was finding in my own life where living in New York, I would start my day at the gym doing a dance cardio class. And then I would go to my first showroom appointment and then I would be at the office. And then I would have a, a, an event in the evening or a fashion show or something. And like, I needed my coat to look good with all of those things. And sometimes coats can be a little bit casual or sporty and practical, or they're a bit like fancy. And it's like, how can we find that multifunctionality? Um, and that's what we endeavored to do with Thermacota. And we really felt like shearling is this magical material because it's natural it's a byproduct of the food industry. Um, it's it's sheep skin. So it has the leather and the wool, but then somehow it's hypoallergenic. You know, I get really itchy with wool sweaters, but I wear shearling against my bare skin and it feels amazing. And it allowed us to play with this idea of making our coats completely reversible and really looking like a, a entirely different jacket when you flip it on its side and have a different spirit and attitude. And then the next problem we wanted to solve was the idea that sizing is a real hurdle for a lot of people and trying to find your size online, sizing with a new brand. Like a lot of times the reason we stay loyal to certain brands is because we know our size in them. Right. Um, and this idea of how important our coats are, how could we create a system where people could enter their measurements, which is what we ended up doing with our made to measure program, and then make the coat exactly to your specifications. Because a lot of our garments, like the shirt you're wearing or the blazer that I'm wearing right now, 
they were made by layering fabric, like a layer cake or like a sandwich. And then a bunch are cut at the same time in the factory. Whereas pieces that are made out of leather or out of shearling or out of fur, for example, because they're made out of animal pelts, which are all irregular, they're each made individually. So that gave us the opportunity to cut each one, one at a time for our customers. And then why not at no extra cost, offer them this added service of being able to have it made to their measurements and be more size inclusive and also just solve issues like you've got broad shoulders. So you're between sizes or your one arm is a little longer than the other or whatever it is to make it feel, to make you feel your best in the coat. So that's um, that's Thermacota. We're available exclusively online and we have a few retail partners and pop-ups in Aspen and New York, but everything is made in Canada, still overseen by my mother and it's a real labor of love. Thank you. Thank you so much. We will be sure to link Thermacota in the show notes. Thank you. Check that out. Okay, so next question. What are our need to knows in terms of what's happening out there and how it can apply to the average consumer of fashion, which is kind of the SNF audience here? What's happening out there in the media, Moshe? Well, that's why I believe you have to tune into Newsflash <laughs> on the daily because I'm distilling it and I'm covering it. And it's, I think it's a, a real service to have uh, someone with a, that editor's eye and sense for what really matters, uh, curating for you what the top stories are. And I'm a big believer in that, like, it is important to educate your eye and be taking in um, that information. Like the newest runway trends might not exactly apply to you and your lifestyle and your your style, your desires. But I think it's still interesting to learn about and see what people who are really at the top of their game are proposing. Uh, it's, a, it's an element of culture, fashion is. Similar to, you know, I don't see every movie, but there are times of year where I do learn about you know, I start making a list of all these new movies and shows, especially around award season that I want to get caught up on or want to explore. I think um, what I'm trying to do with Newsflash is expose you to new names and also um, educate you on ones that you might already be familiar with um, and update you on like what is happening in the industry. And I just think it's it's fun to look at fashion through the lens of of news you know it's its whole own ecosystem and there's a lot yeah you see politics you see art reflected in fashion you see so many other things that are happening and conversations that are being brought to the forefront be it me too be it black lives matter be it like diversity and inclusion coming through in what's happening um in the industry as well so i find it endlessly fascinating there's never a day that goes by where I don't have something new to talk about and um and I but it's bite-sized because it's TikTok so it's not overwhelming so even if you're not a fashion obsessive um like me or like some of the audience you're still getting some great nuggets mm -hmm. are there any nuggets that you know you could are there any examples that you could name right now maybe um Balenciaga um <laughs> that people know and Adidas and Kanye like people won't know about um Adidas and Tom Brown 
but they definitely know about Adidas and Kanye. You know what I mean? Like maybe maybe some examples you could give us just in the media out there so we can be informed. Yeah, I mean, the Balenciaga story is one that we'll continue to cover. And, you know, it'll probably have changed by the time this podcast comes out. Um, it's been, it was definitely one of the biggest fashion news stories of 2022, and it's carrying into 2023. It's been fascinating to see, for me, for, uh, from a journalist perspective, to see the consumer response, because we've seen certainly lots of scandals in the industry before where designers or campaigns will rub people the wrong way or cause offense. Like I'm thinking back to some of the shocking campaigns of Tom Ford during his Gucci era, where he, you know, has a G shaped into the nether regions of someone's pubic hair as part of an ad campaign. Um, or, you know, you've seen, we've seen like Karl Lagerfeld over his lifetime say a lot of really shocking things that offended a lot of people. Or what happened with Dolce & Gabbana a few years ago and how they really alienated um, the Asian, not even community, the Asian population and um, people who, you know, had explored um, their reproductive rights and and the gay community as well. But what's interesting about those three examples that I just gave you is they did not affect their bottom lines or their businesses and their consumers stayed their consumers. They might've lost some, but their loyalists remain and their popularity stayed intact and there was no real repercussions. That's what I thought would happen with Balenciaga and I was surprised to see it go the other way. I really was too. And I think that that is a reflection of how um, their consumer base has really skewed to be so heavily Gen Z oriented. And I think that the Gen Z and millennial millennial consumer really is informed and uh, thinks clearly about how they spend their money and how they affiliate themselves with certain brands, especially because we all know the, the Balenciaga products that we've seen, you know, really take off in popularity. They are clearly Balenciaga products. They say Balenciaga on them. So you really are putting yeah. yourself forth as like a brand ambassador. You're sandwich boarding and doing free marketing for these brands. So if they're somehow then, not aligned with your like core values or you feel that they're putting forth a message that is horribly offensive or affiliated with things like you know pedophilia and pornography and and it's getting really dark um people were like i'm out and i think we're gonna see the repercussions of that from uh from a standpoint of the leadership at that house changing um, and I'll continue to report on that. So that's definitely a really big story. And also what's happened at Gucci with the departure of Alessandro Michele. It's shocking, um, but it's great for the news cycle. And also coming into award season, I'm really trying to figure out how best to cover that. Like what feels right for me and what feels right for my audience? How can I be sassy but keep it classy offer context a bit of opinion but not too much like I because so much of it is arbitrary and that's really what I've been thinking about a lot with 
with Newsflash too, is I don't want to trade on hot takes. I want to encourage discourse. My videos that have performed the best. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And we need to, we need to flex the critical thinking muscle. Um, I love it when people push back with me and, and I love it when I get just polarizing comments. Um, and, the, and my videos that have performed the best are usually from brand, usually when it relates to uh, Balmain, the mm. brand Balmain um, is how you say it. And not, not, how do most people say it? <laughs> Balmain. 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 <laughs> it's Balmain. Um, and uh, Versace, not Versace, Versace. Uh, because people either love those brands or they hate them. They think it's the classiest, most glamorous, beautiful thing they've ever seen, or they think it's the tackiest trash. Right. And yeah. yes, and that dichotomy creates a really wonderful dialogue. Mm-hmm. And I love it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's always fun to cover because brands like, I don't know, Chanel or let's think, you know, Dior, they're safe yeah. and they're pretty and they're classy and they're not they've always done it and yeah I think it's so healthy to have that kind of conversation that's what I'm trying to do as well you know I want I want to have a conversation I want to have a dialogue you know um I this isn't like a like a bullying like I'm not I'm not here like saying my opinion to like bully a certain color or a certain brand or whatever I want to talk you know and it's it's a it's a stimulation um of the mind um so what is the uh, most important thing for us to know right now about this new era of capsule dressing, timeless dressing, ignoring trends, and um, just what is the media saying about this movement, the, the consumer base, and where it's going? Well, um, I don't know what everyone in the media is saying, but I know what I think, and I have... <laughs> Uh, I I can share my opinions on this. They're they're strong ones. I think at the end of the day, we all need to get a better handle on our bodies and finding things that fit our individual proportions. And I think that, you know, shopping secondhand, vintage, all of that is great. Building a capsule wardrobe, fantastic but at the end of the day like it's only good to get that vintage thing if you're going to wear it and it's only good to build this capsule wardrobe if it's full of things that make you feel great and that fit you yeah and I think that comes down to knowing your measurements and I've done videos on this before like segments on tv I think I've done episodes of my um podcast and youtube on this I don't know if I've ever done a tiktok on it but it's measure yourself and have those measurements handy and update them every few weeks or months because a lot of brands now are posting measurements on individual product pages or you can just like carry measuring tape when you're going with you thrifting or whatever and you don't want to try something on and it's just like it's a definitive way of knowing if something will actually fit your body Mm -hmm. and it's also a really healthy association to be thinking about fit as opposed to size because we all know that our size changes so much per brand and if you're I I was thinking about your question like if you're shopping vintage let's say like era to era sizes are completely different um 
you know, people always like to say what size Marilyn Monroe was, but that size was a different size by today's equivalent and also region to region. Um, you know, like you'll see that the sizing system for Italian brands and Brazilian brands and Danish brands, it's all different. Um, and it, even as like a fashion expert, I still can't remember all those calculations. So I'm constantly consulting like sizing charts. So one is know your measurements. Two is have a good tailor, find a good tailor, because sometimes, you know, you find something, it's a great price. It's on sale, but it's not your size that can be fixed with a really good tailor or same with, you know, a vintage acquisition. And then thirdly, and this is something that's like not sexy, doesn't get talked about a lot, but it's so important. And that is, do you actually know how to take care of your clothes and properly clean them and mend them? Um, so I learned some really important laundry hacks for my mother because she's so fastidious about this because of like how much she cares about fabric. So I'm going to give you th three really good ones. One is always wash your clothes in cold water. Two, it, uh, two, and a lot of things that say dry clean only, it's actually better that you just wash them, hand wash them yourself sometimes than dry clean. Um, two is never use fabric softener. I don't know what people think that is other than an oil. It's oil that like slowly breaks down the fibers over time and makes your clothes essentially greasy. I don't know who invented that, yeah. It's so <laughs> unnecessary. Um, don't use it. And then three is hang to dry. Obviously like your linens or whatever is a different story, but for your clothes, do not put them in the dryer, especially if they've got any lycra in them, but like do, unless you want to shrink them and you want them to look like beat up, worn in and not last as long, don't put them in the dryer. Um, I think that makes a really big difference. Like take care of the things that you have. Um, and then also, you know, have a drawer that you dedicate to, mending supplies like know how to sew on a, your own button know how to fix a hole or a hem um if you have a sewing machine that's even better uh but people, i feel like not enough people learn how to sew but you can follow my mom's tiktok life hacks linda because she's teaching people like a lot of these tricks and how to I sew love that. we'll link that too i love that yeah and then like having all the things to clean your shoes and your handbags too and just keep the things that you own or if you find something that's a bit beat up and you want to refurbish it a bit looking as spiffy as possible i think that that makes a really big difference and those are those are my tips that i live by thank you even if you guys just do those things i think that'll just get you further ahead just even if you just do the her list just just those four like you'll just be so much better off um i think there's going to be this huge boom in in a newfound love for taking care of your items. I, I cannot, I have like a love and a, an appreciation for taking care of the things that I love. And yes. I, I wish that other people um, could enjoy that more. I wish that that was more, that was a common thing it used to be. Um, I, I feel like there's gonna be this revival and I'm, I'm really excited about it, I am. Yeah, and when you buy less and you buy better, you're more incentivized. Yes. To, you know, and then, yeah, just, and if in doubt, doesn't matter if it's expensive, cheap, new, old, everything's, you need a steamer and you need a lint roller. That can really make something look 10 times better. You can, yeah. Okay, moving on to our next question. So do you have any advice for those struggling to find their personal style? 
um, maybe just how to easily elevate an outfit or things that you like to wear, you know, what was your style journey like and how did you find your personal style? Well, um, I think from a very young age, I've always really cared about dressing myself. Um, and there was always such an emphasis in my family about expressing yourself through fashion and, um, presentation, um, and experimentation. And that has definitely, you know, over time evolved. Um, but, and I think as you get older, you maybe find a bit more like a uniform or you really know what suits you, but my individual journey in that is like so specific to me and my style and like what looks good on me doesn't look good on everyone. Like it is very tailored towards me, my body, my lifestyle, the weather, all those kinds of things. But I do have like a tip and a trick and an exercise that I think might really help your audience um, when it comes to finding your personal style or not even personal style, but like feeling good in your clothes so because we all know it's like it can be very challenging sometimes to just get out there in the world when you don't like how you feel in your clothes or how your outfit looks something's off something isn't right you're uncomfortable so I have a little bit of a system for that um starts off with oh yeah <laughs> so taking pen to paper and you don't want to write it in your phone, write it in your phone afterwards or take a photo, but pe the pen to paper exercise downloads it to your brain. So the first exercise is write down what you think are your three best assets. If you feel that you have more than three, go to town. Love that for you. Mm -hmm. um, but it can be something as specific as uh, your collarbone and nuanced, or it can be something like your legs, you know, uh, whatever you think are your three best assets or more, write those down. And then next, I want you to write down three things that consistently make you feel uncomfortable or uneasy in your outfit or in your clothes. So an example of that is like, for me, I don't know how many times I have to learn this lesson. We'll see, but strapless. I'm always, whenever I wear something strapless, I love the look at first and then I'm tugging at it the whole time. And I'm not able to be fully in the moment and enjoy myself because I'm just like calculating when is the moment I can tug up my dress again. Um, so that, that would be an example. Also of something that, that makes me feeling. Fun. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yes. If something is too short, I feel very insecure, especially if occasions involve sitting and I'm exposing my, and I don't like that part of my, like, I'm not, it's not, it's not a good feeling for me. For example, maybe you feel great when things are as short as they can be. I have a friend like that and I love that for her. Mm -hmm. um, so like, figure out what those three things are at least, or maybe there's more again, that's great. That are your kind of hangups or that prevent you from feeling your best. Mm -hmm. Have those written down as well. Um, and then from there, use this list to really ask yourself before buying something or before deciding on an outfit or when you're looking in the mirror, be like, am I doing myself justice? Like, am I highlighting my bust, which I, which I feel is one of my best assets or my great arms or whatever it is, or am, and, and then also, am I making myself 
just go out into the world feel uncomfortable feeling uncomfortable right now like am I setting myself up for failure and I think that doing that is a really good way of settling into wearing something that doesn't do that for you and that allows you to kind of just set it and forget it because life is busy and you don't want to be like mm-hmm. once you walk out that door you want to feel good and not have to regret what you're wearing or, and um and feel awkward in it so that's really that's really what I do and then the other the other thing that I think can make a really big difference because if you think about it a lot of us wear the same things a lot and that's fine and that's great like we're not meant to wear and to change our style and look on the daily or even on the weekly but I think what can really help um is making sure that there's certain things like have you had a good haircut lately I think sometimes people just let their hair grow and grow and grow and don't think about it but like the haircut is really the framing so much of a difference Mm -hmm. for your face and your face contains your you know a lot of the features on it that we use to communicate Mm -hmm. um so it's important that that framing is in place and really like the best it can be that's part of the reason why I have this like same haircut I've had forever with the bangs but like the bangs really frame my face and I get my hair cut every couple weeks my bangs cut so it gives me this like clean look that works for me um but yeah, I think sometimes people forget, like, go get a haircut, or go get your hair done. And then everything will look immediately better. And then also, like, it's those top top to bottom approach, your shoes, a new pair of shoes, or a great pair of shoes, or just switching up your shoes can really make all the difference and completely change your look. Um, and then another thing is jewelry, because it is a way that you really can define your personal style wear the same thing over and over again. And I heard you talk about it on your podcast. And I loved the point you made about real investments are things that retain their value. Mm -hmm. And jewelry does if you're buying into good metals, Mm -hmm. precious metals. And it also is imbued with this like spirit and this energy and this power from you, you wearing it and it's going through life with you all the time. So I really do believe in the power of jewelry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. I love when people pass down. I don't get a lot of pass down jewelry. I'm talking like I get a lot of pass down jewelry, but I, I, you know, I have some and I love being able to keep those sentiments of my family with me, you know, and everything that they've gone through and it's now passed on to me. And, um, you know, I, I going off of my point on the, the jewelry, I, it's like when you buy Gucci, are you are you buying um, you know real silver or gold? No, you're buying Gucci. You, you know what I mean? Like you should you should probably buy some real silver and gold. Like it's it's an investment, um, and you want it to stand the test of time, no matter what, and you want it to appreciate in value. And what appreciates in value? Gold and silver. So, I agree. We can all stand to be smart with our money and use our style, our fashion, our outfits as a way to tell our story. Mm-hmm. Like look for things that really have meaning and put things on your body, on your person, on your skin, your largest internal organ or external org- organ that have meaning. Mm-hmm. You know, like we're here, we have this one short life, like it's too, you can't, don't want to go through it just yeah dressing to please everyone else or in this in this very empty anonymous 
exactly. following the trends way. Like what is your story and how can you use this exterior that we're given to communicate it? People talk about having crystals with them. My jewelry <laughs> are quite literally my crystals. Those are, you know, when I'm nervous or like I'm anxious, it's like, oh, like my Nana's with me. You know, it's just, it's silly. It's, it can I be love silly, that. But like, you know, um, it matters. So yeah. It really does. It really does. And people love, like there's a power in repetition. People love seeing you in the same thing all the time. Mm. It makes you memorable. Mm. I think there's, your glasses, there's, there's your, bangs, your glasses and your bangs. Yeah. Yeah. That kind of consistency. It also, it makes people feel like they can trust you because you seem like you kind of have your shit together, mm-hmm. even if you don't, which we all don't, <laughs> we're all trying to just figure it out. But if you have that, if you put forth like a confident, uh, knowing of oneself, you'll be amazed what the universe returns to you. Because mm-hmm. you energetically too. It's a lot, a lot about that. Um, okay, so this is a fun question or next question. Um, give us a bougie and a budget. So something you've been loving that is on the more expensive side, on the more luxe side, and something that you've been loving that's budget, just something maybe small, something silly, something fun, or um, just something basic. Um, yeah. Mm, I love this question. Um, my list is rather long. Okay, well, we'll start off with, I love, from a bougie standpoint, um, I love collecting designer pieces, especially from designers that have, like, passed away or from a seminal mm-hmm. collection. Mm-hmm. Um, so, for instance, on my TikTok, when I hit 100,000, uh, I hate saying followers, subscribers, um, I invested in a beautiful Alexander McQueen tweed blazer that is from his 2008 collection so he was still alive um and the cut of it is so amazing and it was actually a very good deal for the condition and the you know the value of it um also Alaya is a designer that I had the fortune of meeting when he was as a Dean Alaya when he was still alive um I've always loved his work um it's very expensive um so I'm slowly building that collection of pieces, but I love what the new designer Peter Mueller is doing is uh, is doing there, and I would love to get some of those new dresses. But for mm-hmm. now, I'm collecting some of the vintage ones, and then also Vivian Westwood, who recently passed away. Oh, um, I love her. Some of her work, not all of it, is like for me, but I can appreciate. Mm-hmm. But the way that she cuts dresses and the way that I, I find I'm often really drawn to female designers because I I feel that they don't just think about the way something looks, but also how it feels on a woman's body and how she has to go through the world wearing it. So I recently purchased this stunning Vivian Westwood dress. It's on its way to me now, but the one of the reasons I wanted it was because it has an internal bodysuit. And so many times with certain dresses, I'm like, I have no idea what underwear contraption I can wear with that Mm -hmm. to keep everything where it needs to be. And I just love that she thought of that for me. Um, So, and then in terms of like new designer designers, I'm really into this designer Magda Butram right now. Um, She's Polish based. Her pieces are really beautiful. I just find that fine line between femininity, accentuating the female form, but also being like fashion forward and 
a bit sexy, but not in uh, an aggressive way, like sexy, but for almost the girl gaze, if that makes sense, as opposed to sexy, just for the male gaze. Another thing we could talk about this too, there's two different things. Yep. Yes. Um, Yeah. And then any, I mean, I've been building for a few years now, a collection of Alexander McQueen pieces that I know I'll keep forever and they'll stay in my family. Um, And I wear them to really important events, usually horse races, actually, because my husband works in horse racing. So there's these moments where like, we're getting our photo taken. And I know it's going to stay in my own little mini archive. I'm not intending to like sell them ever. They're yeah. so special. So those are my bougie, bougie, yeah. very bougie picks. But I'm a true fashion person. So I don't know, just want to prefix it by, by saying that. Um, and then in terms of budget, I've recently become, I was recently in Japan. Um, and I became so obsessed with, um, this certain brand of sandals from Japan called Sweet Coke. Um, it's actually somewhat readily available in North America now, and they make like really cool, almost Teva or Teva style sandals, Uh um, that are very like geek, chic, techie but so comfortable and they're you know you're getting a lot of shoe a lot of bang for your buck there um and they're really practical and like to be honest those are the types of shoes that I'm wearing the most because I'm wearing them to walk my dog I'm wearing them around the house and then also in Japan I became really obsessed with um socks specifically toe socks from this brand called Tabio and I just like you know you might spend $20 on a pair of their socks which is expensive for socks I guess but like these socks have so much personality and the quality is so high that they completely change the look of your outfit. So it actually is a quite a good um, kind of budget investment because, you know, you put them with a pair of loafers or you wear them. I wear them with the sandals, Japanese style socks and sandals, and it just has such character. Uh, It's kind of like so wrong. It's right. And it's that tension that I love. Like, I don't like anything to be, too proper literal like just straight up preppy or straight up elegant or straight up glamorous I like to infuse my style with little twists and turns yeah yeah me too I like that (laughs) I don't don't think I've ever heard someone describe it that way that's like a perfect way of of putting it um thank you so much thank you just to leave off is there just like one piece of advice that you love to give people um not necessarily a motto but um just something that like you always keep with you whether it's um you're dressing casually you're going out um do you have like a not like a one-liner but more I think I I do have some one I have lots of one-liners I I I one line I one line it a lot I love a good catchphrase or motto or some kind of sticky term. Um, I think, honestly, it's it's kind of cliche, but I do think that I something I ask myself a lot and the conversation I have with myself, we all do this when we look in the mirror and are like, to ask ourselves, does this look good? Does this look okay? Something mm-hmm. I like to do is I like to say to myself, does this look like you? Do you look like yourself? Um, because I think that it's so important to be authentic and to feel like 
ourselves. And sometimes, especially because we're taking in so many images and so many mixed messages and we're, it's confusing. It's like, okay, am I supposed to do that? Oh, I saw that person do that. Or I want this or I want that. It's like, what is you be yourself? That's the, that's the best thing that you can do is be yourself. And when we dress in a way that is a true reflection of who we are on the inside, on our exterior, I believe that magical things can happen. Um, and the universe kind of like aligns and co-conspires to sort of give you what you want. So that could be like meeting the love of your life. That could be getting your dream job. Um, that could be, you know, having someone take mercy on you and let you on the airplane, even though you were crazy late. Like when you just go out into the world authentically it, it, you'd be really I'm always surprised about how how good uh, the universe is to me so I do think and then alternatively I know that those times when I've lost the plot a little bit and gotten too swayed by mixed messages or tried to do too many things or satisfy other people it's always at the expense of what makes me feel the best and then something's a little bit off and and things go accordingly. So I really believe that, you know, the way that you present, the way that you use fashion and your style sets the tone for how the world then treats you. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously there's good and bad things of this. We live in a very classist society. I certainly experience this a lot um, living in Miami and Los Angeles where people make just crazy assessments and judgments about you based upon like the brands they see you wearing or how you're dressed or the car that you drive. And, yep. you know, I had someone the other day, I was down, uh, I was at the beach talking to some people that work in my building and um, that like, I, you know, I'm very friendly with, and we were just having a nice chat about something. And I didn't realize it, but their uniform is white and Navy. And I was wearing a white pullover and like Navy shorts. And so I matched them and somebody came over a fellow resident of my building and started, um, interrupted us, even though we were having a conversation and said, uh, excuse me, like I need a sunbed, this and that. And then I, I looked at them. I said, yes, excuse you. Um, cause it was very abrasive the way they interrupted. Um, and I said, uh, I'm speaking to Luis right now. <laughs> and he could tell immediately. He was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I thought that you, and he didn't know what to say. It was a very white Lotus moment, right? Yeah. I thought that you, and I was like, you thought I worked here and you were treating me accordingly. And that tells me everything I need to yeah. know about you. <laughs> uh, and he was like, oh, I can be a little confrontational sometimes with, with people that are just rude. And, um, but isn't that interesting? Yeah, like he- treated me and then also Luis kind of just like we were you know just needed to be of service of, to him just based upon the way that we were dressed so yeah it, it is it is interesting and we do see examples of this all the time and also it makes it made me more cognizant you know that I to make sure that the way that I treat service people is aligned with how I treat 
other people in my life like is a reflection of who I am and I don't just treat people a certain way because of how they look or how they're dressed Mm -hmm. but it does happen in our world so I do think it is important to be mindful of that and make sure that how you dress is a reflection of how you want to be received and treated yes it's crazy when you think about it it is I really liked what you said about good vibes if your outfit and you have good vibes from your outfit you will receive good vibes from other people, undoubtedly. I cannot agree more with that. And I wish that more people would talk about this. And I I'm, I think that a lot of people might feel this way, but don't voice it or don't know how to voice it or replicate it. Um, so it's really an interesting topic. It's something I've believed in for a long time um, as well. And you, you definitely have as well. Um, so... Yeah, it's super interesting. Good vibes here, good vibes there, you know? Um, Exactly. And we're all visual beings. We're all taking in imagery all day long and then making assessments based upon it. So if if there's a way that you... (laughs) Yeah. And again, I think this goes back to what, you know, about if, if you can find a uniform that makes your life easier and is a reflection of who you really are, um and helps you go out into the world confidently and get receive the type of energy that you wish to give out, then you've hit the jackpot. And that can take some people a really long time, but that's the goal. Yes. Okay. Well, thank you so, so much for being here on SNF tonight. Of course. For being a source of inspiration. Thank you for being a news source, a source of inspiration and information, um, keeping us updated and being our our one-stop shop for what we need to know in the moment. Um, So keep doing what you're doing. We love you. And thank you for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me and for all your kind words. And I'm so happy that TikTok brought us together and that, um, that you're deriving value from the work that I'm doing. I think a lot of people can relate to this. Sometimes we just feel like we're doing it all alone and um, no. by ourselves <laughs> and in these silos so to get this kind of real world feedback does mean the world to me and I value it so much and I hope that your audience get something out of newsfash as well so thank you very much for giving me the opportunity to share a little bit more about what I do and all the ideas that I have about personal style and fashion and all that jazz it's been a real pleasure happy to have you thank you so much okay <laughs> <Bye>. <laughs> Bye.